another episode of Here We Are, a podcast with Dallas Holm, Linda Holm, Jennifer Holm Cochelle, and Jeffrey Holm. We decided to change it up today and just have some fun reminiscing and letting you see a little bit of what it's like to be in our family. And with yes. you traveling all these years and being in ministry and uh, so we're just going to take a few minutes and share a few stories and talk about our lives. So first off, I thought maybe you'd like to hear how you got started quick, you know, quickly yeah. update on how you got started and then how you decided how often you'd be on the road because you had a, a unique approach to that for many people who's... Yeah, I really got started, uh, I mean, kind of like Jeffrey said in one of our other podcasts, the uh, Certain things always came easily to me. Music was one of those things from a very young age. I, I enjoyed music. It seemed to be easy to learn to play instruments and to write and express. And uh, I became a Christian in 1965 and at that time just decided that if I'm going to live for the Lord, then I'm going to sing for the Lord, write for the Lord. That was a commitment I made. Uh, I, don't, I don't tell other Christians, you know, if you're a writer or a singer, you have to do, do it the way I've done it. But... That was my commitment to the Lord, and I stayed with that commitment, spent probably the first four or five years of my Christian life singing mostly in rest homes and jails and street corners and parks. and Because there wasn't a Christian music. No, contemporary, contemporary Christian music Christian wasn't music. even a term yet. That yeah. Nobody even thought of such a thing. So, And I'm glad because it, it tested me. You really mean this? Are you really, you know, I, th there was no other reason to do it. There were no... Uh, record deals to be had, no radio stations to play your music, there was nothing. Then, early 70s, contemporary Christian music kind of hit the, the scene. At that same time, 1970, I was invited to join uh, David Wilkerson in ministry. Many of you will know David Wilkerson through his book, The Cross and the Switchblade, uh, his work with the drug addicts and the gangs in New York. And we traveled in a crusade-style ministry, kind of like Billy Graham Crusades, except geared almost exclusively towards young people. And I traveled with him for ten and a half years all over the country and around the world, really. Marvelous opportunity. He was a, he was a tremendous man, just a, a real man of God, uh, tremendously sensitive to what was coming down the road. That He was always out, out in front of everything that was happening in the youth culture. But that gave me a great opportunity. And I really learned from him. He, he had the motto, we'll say, of God first, family second, ministry third. Mm -hmm. So we were always careful, even though some of our tours were 10 or 12 days, if we went overseas, I remember one time we were gone a little over three weeks overseas, but then when we came home, we were home at least three weeks. I was never gone more than I was home. That was a commitment that we made, that we will put the Lord first, our relationship with Him, mm -hmm. but our family next, and then ministry third. And there are some people that disagree with that. Oh, no, you have to sacrifice everything. Uh, the ministry must come before your family. But too often I've seen the results of that with ministers and mobile-type ministries that have lost their marriages, lost their kids. Our commitment to the Lord comes first. We have to have an attitude of above husband, wife, mother, father, children, everything that the Lord is first, but not the ministry, not the mechanism of the ministry. And I think that's where people get off track. So we, we learned early on, I learned early on, that however much I'm gone, I've got to be home more. So I've been gone a lot. I figured I've been gone, you know, in our married life, probably easily a third of, of my life there. 
the good side of that is when I was home, I was really home. Right. I was able to do things. Jeffrey and I could go fishing. I yeah. could come to your volleyball games. We could go camping. We could take trips. Yeah. We could do things on a schedule that a lot of people don't have. A lot of people that are working nine to five, day in, day out, and they get you know a couple of weeks vacation, maybe a year, and they got to figure out where they're going to go, what they're going to do then, because that's the only time it's going to happen in the whole year. Right. Yeah. Uh, we were very, very blessed to have a freedom in the time that we were home to do things that a lot of people didn't. So it balanced out and, yes. you know, uh, as I say in the courtroom, I rest my case, you know, and, and it's not it's not me by any means. It's all glory to the Lord. I, I'm so thankful that he gave us that insight, that we obeyed it, that our children love the Lord, our grandchildren love the Lord. Uh, that's all you can ask for as a parent. That's, that's the most you want for your kids above everything else is that they know the Lord and that they love him. So there are things that pour into it to make that a reality. And I think that was one of the main ones that yeah, just, yeah. just use good spiritual and common sense as far as how much you travel. We, we could have gone, there were years there, we could have gone every day of the year. We yeah. could have been in concert every day of the year if we wanted. We just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's not worth it. One thing that my husband and I say a lot is kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And when you were home, like you said, when you were home, you were with us. Yeah. And you and yeah. you guys have a very special relationship with fishing, and you loved to be out there. And, yeah. and those things um, really affected our lives. So yes. that was, now that I'm married to a man who has a normal job, a normal job, and works normal hours, I realize he doesn't get to be home during the day with our kids. Right. And that was something that we right. got. So it all, it does all play out. I mean, mm -hmm. you and, I, and I often said, if I could win the whole world and lost my own kids, I'd yeah. consider myself a failure. Yeah. So that just put everything in perspective yep. for us at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And one of the other cool things is that we got to travel a lot yeah. with him in the summer and we always went to school. We were not homeschooled. We were not taken on the road during the year. That was something that you guys had decided early that we mm -hmm. were going to be in school, but what are some of your memories of growing up on the bus in the summertime, getting to go on tours? Well, pro probably my first memory that I can think of is with the old blue bus. Oh yeah. I can't even remember what that bus was, but it had yeah. it had bunks only on one side of right. the bus. We with called a, that bus old blue. Old blue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I can remember being in that bus when you still had uh, Dallas Holman Praise and I think Rick Crawford. Drove the bus? No. Um, Rick Norris. Norris, Norris, Norris yeah, Rick he, Norris. Yes. Sorry, drive. Rick. Um, <laughs> yes, he would drive the bus and stuff like that. But all I can remember is just playing on those bunks. That was, mm -hmm. yeah. as a kid, that was, so cool. that was the coolest thing was to sleep in a bunk on a bus as it's driving down the road. <laughs> Even if it wasn't driving down the road, if it was just here in our garage, yeah. I would go out and play in those bunks. That was That was really fun. As time went on, it was, it was a lot of fun to just go out on the road. And, you know, as a kid, I didn't really understand what was going on other than that my dad sang in front of a lot of people. And in my eyes, I thought he was extremely famous. And at the time, he, he was, he was yeah. famous. And not anymore. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but I, I had an image in my head that my dad that everybody in the world knew my dad and knew his songs because I experienced him through concerts when I was out on the road with everybody singing his songs and so on and so forth mm -hmm. and so that was a really cool thing to when mm -hmm. a lot of kids had dads that they liked I had a dad that was 
someone that I idled and thought was the coolest person in the world because I got to experience it in a different way. Uh, it all kind of got even cooler whenever I decided to go into music too. And I can remember my first live gig was with you. Live gig was at Times Square Church on Easter Sunday, oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. where I dropped my bass in front of everybody. If you remember that, <laughs> so I was scared to death walking up on stage on Easter Sunday at Times Square Church, and I was supposed to walk up very quietly behind Dad and <laughs> bide my time. You know, keep your mouth shut as I'm preaching. He didn't actually say that, but <laughs> you know, as I'm talking, you know, just come up behind me and just stand and wait, and then I'll introduce you. So I went up and I stood and wait, and my bass dropped and I caught it. And it just made a giant sound. And at that point, Dad said, and this is my son, Jeffrey. <laughs> so, he was getting impatient for me to introduce him. But what a great initiation into the music business. Because I thought after that, it's like, well, it can't get worse than this. Or more embarrassing. So, yeah. But, you know, it's been, I've had, my gosh, how I, I can't even think of how many memories I have on the road. It was just a really special time. And quite honestly, this this last year was the most special because mm -hmm. yeah. because yeah. things are starting to slow down pretty musically yeah. and getting uh, how many years before last year was it that we last got to play together yeah it's yeah. been a while probably yeah. at least yeah. six seven years yeah. and to come full circle at what would be perceived as the the latter stages to the end of dad's career to come full circle and actually get to join him on stage again and play some music. Best memory. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, I'm going to interject. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> hey, do you know what you're, I, maybe, maybe you know. Um, we're at a concert. Do I remember the story? Do you remember this of story? Of falling off I'm, the... No. Is that the one you're going for? Falling off? No, I don't I don't think so. The potter's wheel? Oh, no. No, no, no. But Yeah. Well, that, that thought will be there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that story either. This one is um, when Dallas used to... Now he... When he goes out, he stands on stage and kind of takes down his guitar and people will come up. But this was when he would kind of come off stage and just stand around and visit with people who would come there and want to just say a word to him and maybe sign an autograph. Back well, when you could shake hands and stuff like When you could shake hands yeah, really. with him. Yeah, well, we're in the middle of COVID-19 right now. <laughs> and so I'm watching, and there's this group, of probably 20 younger people that are um, just slipping Dallas a piece of paper, and they want to you know, greet him, and they want him to sign. And Jeffrey finds a piece of paper, and he gets a pen, and he stands in the group, and he slips it to his dad, and and Dallas, you know, signed it and looked down, and there's Jeffrey standing there grinning at him because he got an autograph from his dad. <laughs> he probably went and sold it on eBay. <laughs> One of my fun favorite stories too is we were at an outdoor something rally something, and and Dad was introducing his band which he would do, and um, Rick Norris, I hope you're listening, would always get the, the big cheer. Oh, yeah. Because Rick is pretty cute. And, <laughs> and he was the drummer. You know? And yeah. he's the drummer. Drummers, drummers I mean, are always the coolest. Yeah, yeah, they're already a step above, but then he's a cute drummer. So, But it gets around to you, and, and you introduce yourself, and these two women sitting right in front of Mom and I 
just are they've the whole time they've been oh he's so dreamy <laughs> so good looking i wonder if he's married and so dad says i'd like to introduce my wife and my daughter would jennifer and linda would you guys please stand up and we stand up and these women are looking and they go oh <laughs> i mean they're just mortified and they literally the rest of the concert they just sit like this and at, at the end they turn to mom and say we're so sorry <laughs> And she said, well, I think he's really handsome, too. <laughs> it was so perfect. Yeah, there were those moments that made me think one time we were in a concert back when we had the band and, you know, some auditorium somewhere and probably 10 minutes before the show, I thought, well, I better, I better use the restroom here. So I went in the restroom. They didn't have dressing rooms that were open or something. And so I just used the public restroom. Well, I'm trying to say this as delicately as I can. So I'm in the restroom. Two or three other guys came in, and as they were coming in, they were talking. And one of them says, have you ever heard of this Dallas home? The other guy said, no, my wife made me come. <laughs> so I just joined right in. I said, well, I've heard of him. He's not that good. Really? <laughs> yeah. I said, uh, you know, my wife's got some of his records, and I just I can't listen to him. You know, I just, I'm kind of like you. I'm just here because i got to be. I finished up, and I left. And within five minutes, those guys are sitting out there, and they said, welcome, Dallas Home and Praise. And I walked up. And I just know they were sitting there going, oh, boy. <laughs> I love to do stuff like that. Tell the, the, the potter's wheel thing you were talking about. Cause... I can't remember where that was. International Falls, is, Minnesota. Is that... Yeah. There you go. Uh, before I started joining Dad on stage playing, I would help with counting the love offerings uh, with, with Mark, Roy, and Terry during intermission. And so... <laughs> so, so we had our... Which were kind of like Daryl, Daryl, and Larry. Yes, to, to begin with. It was already goofy back there to begin with. And I fit right in with them with being extra goofy and a child. And so I was probably about 13 or so, I would yeah, guess. Probably. And in, in the room that we counted the love offering and, and did the business aspect of, of the concerts, over in the corner were some really old potter's wheels I guess it was a school. It was a high school. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a high school. And so for the... You were in the art classroom. Yeah, art classroom. Yeah. And so they had the potter's wheels, the kinds that had probably about a 60-pound concrete wheel at the bottom. It was maybe about six inches thick. It was probably heavier than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then it had a single pole that went up to the plate. For those that are art majors, and I'm getting this all wrong, I don't know. <laughs> probably not the but terminology. Exactly. <laughs> But what you would do is that plate on the bottom, you would get turning with your feet so that it would then turn the top and you could mold the clay. <laughs> well, so I go over there and sit down and I'm just kind of playing with it as a kid would do. And I get turning it and that pole goes up and I see that top wheel. And then, of course, my wheels start turning also. And I'm looking at it going, hmm, I wonder how fast I can turn this and then sit on it and how long I can hold on. So... Like that little kid toy. Oh, yeah. So I get to turn in this, and I wish I had a, a camera that focused back on Mark, Roy, and Terry, because I can guarantee you, as I'm in my own world getting this thing going, I can guarantee you one of them goes, <laughs> Watch and goes, him. Watch Jeffrey. I bet he's going to do something stupid. Well, sure enough. So I get up there, get it spinning, and I get to sit up on top, and I, and I brace myself above it. And I kind of have this last second of, you're going to do it or not? And so, of course, I go, yeah, I'm going to do it. 
And so I sat, and I didn't sit for half a turn. It it literally shot you up. It shot me immediately <laughs> the second I did this. I mean, my feet went up in the air. I went like this, and I slammed into one of the other ones. I had a big bruise up my back. I mean, it just went all the way up my back. And those three guys laughed. <laughs> I'm like, if the concert was going on, the people outside would have heard it over the music because I, it was one of the worst wipeouts I've ever had, and it was on a potter's wheel. So to this day, there's probably a potter's wheel in International oh, Falls, Minnesota. Yeah. A little out of balance. <laughs> the pottery always goes, Whoa. That, that poor student has gotten bad grades since, right. since Jeffrey was yeah, there. Since the Ironically, period. I've never given any other kids bad grades in school. <laughs> yeah. right. By distraction. Right. Oh, so Jennifer, what are some of your memories? Did you ever sit on a potter's wheel? I did not. I was a little less um, crazy than you were. Uh, my memories. I have, well, I still have a very real, you know how a smell will bring you back mm -hmm. to something? And one of my favorite smells, my kids and my husband always say, why do you like the smell of gasoline? And I love it <laughs> yep. because it's, yep. it's truck stops mm -hmm. and especially in cold weather because we would always go to Colorado um, the day after Christmas. We would be here for Christmas Eve yeah. and on Christmas morning we'd get up and we'd start to Colorado because dad would be in... Um, a Christian yeah, it was a retreat, retreat that, thing. I think two or three churches uh, cooperate together on. We'd have morning uh, devotionals yeah. and then go skiing. Yeah, I don't remember any of that. No. I remember uh, yeah. the truck stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My story. Yeah. <laughs> I was a kid. We're still <laughs> praying for her. I know. Little kid. And I loved the smell of the truck stop, getting yeah. down off the bus, the yeah. cold weather hitting you. I mean, we live in Texas. We didn't really have snow and we didn't have cold weather. And so by the time you get to northern New Mexico, Raton, you know, that yeah. area, yeah. and we'd stop and just that smell, oh, love it. And then we'd get to the ski retreat and all of our friends were there. I mean, yes. not only the band members' kids, right. but then other friends that came to the retreat yeah. every year. We made friends. It was mm -hmm. such a fun memory. Yeah. I love, yeah. love, love that one. Yeah. And wow. then and in high school, I would start to, sorry, I would start to travel with dad in the summers and work and set up mm -hmm. record tables. Yeah. Um, maybe by high school, it was probably CD tables at that point. Um, and work for the summer, and that was such a fun summer job. And then the tours with Tim Shepard and yeah. Phil Johnson. Um, yes, those were really yes. fun too. Yeah. They were. I loved those. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say I think the overlooked thing that is really cool about the tours is that you and I got to experience, uh, at least here in America, more areas than what most people get to in their entire yeah. life. Yeah, for sure. And we did it before we graduated high school. Yeah. Just, you know, it was just a byproduct of the fact that that's what your job was. Therefore, it took you to all right. these areas. And we just got to tag along. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, only state I've yet to check off is Maine. I've never been to Maine no. unless you took me there when I was a little kid. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember that. But, you know, I mean, yeah. because of yeah. touring, I've gotten to experience basically every state in the United States and other countries. And... Yeah. Yeah. What a cool thing that is. I mean, that's often overlooked because I have these stories, these very distinct moments of my life of something that happened on tours, such as the Potter's Wheel. I mean, that will always stand out. That was such a funny time. But getting to experience so many different areas. Mm -hmm. 
And eat at so many McDonald's. <laughs> yes. In every state. Yes, and, yes. and go to so many Walmarts to use a restroom yeah. and all these things. It's <laughs> like <laughs> certain things on yeah. the road are just, they never change. But getting to see all, right. yeah. all over, is, that's, that's a really cool thing that yeah. I'm so thankful for. Well, and i got to say the real hero of this whole thing is right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here I go again. <laughs> but when I was gone, she did everything. Yep. Ran the house, took care of the business, raised the kids, took them to school. I was gone. So, and, and it, you know, we kind of learned later on. She probably knew it <laughs> right at the time, but it took me a while to realize that we, we really had two distinct lives in the sense that when I walk out the door on tour, now that whole head of the home leadership role falls on her. Mm-hmm. I'm out doing what, then when I come back, not that it was, you know, I'm the head of the house. What It wasn't ever that. <laughs> it's just that. Nobody, it, it was because I. No, it I, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I've always been a pretty independent mm-hmm. person, and though I love you, I, I loved you since the first time I met you. I mean, that was like, I, I like him, you know? I mean, and it grew into love very quickly in my young years. I mean, we were young mm-hmm. when we got married. But yes, to that distinct aspect of our lives, I had to learn when he came home that I was no longer really the head of the household and I couldn't say, Dallas, the trash needs to go out. It was kind of like, oh, could you please take the trash out? Because I've, I've been taking it out, but you know, can you do, he had to Which step Which we refer in. to as trash talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I had to learn to relinquish some of those things that I could so easily take over. And it, it was never a problem. It's just you you grow into it. You learn that yeah. this is how this yeah. works. There's kind of a passing of the baton mm-hmm. in and out as you mm-hmm. come in and out of that, you know, as I would come in and out of the home because my travel took me away. Now I'm back. I'm dead. Now I'm gone again. And then we really learned more, I think, the unique aspects. When Linda started to travel with me, which was probably, what, 16, 17 years ago? Yeah, right. Somewhere in that neighborhood. 18. Yeah. Because all the years that I traveled, I was, you know, fortunate, blessed to be able to. Normally, we stayed in uh, motel rooms. Uh, again, we used wisdom in our tour schedule where we're not driving all night, getting up, just wearing ourselves out. We would try to get to the town, um, you know, around noon, have lunch, have a couple hours to prepare for the evening concert, pray, take a nap, whatever, and then spend the night off the bus because that can just that can wear you down real quick if your whole life is on the bus, getting off, mm-hmm. doing your thing, get back on the bus. So, uh, but then when Linda started to travel, I realized that after so many years, you know, thirty some years of, I would go into the motel, and I've got I'm a little OCD anyway. Things need to be squared up. Now I just find myself doing it. You know, uh, uh, Jeff and I were fishing yesterday. We we're talking about. Even numbers, you know, if I catch four fish, man, that's good. Five, uh, you know, <laughs> Gotta go for six, six that's good. Eight is the best. You know, uh, it's just something that's kind of there. So I would go in the motel room, and you know, you just get in the habit of put my pillow here, put my guitar there, take the stuff out of my shaving kit. It goes on this side of the sink, and uh, you don't think anything about it. You just do it. Now all of a sudden, 
I've got another person with me who's got a few more things that go by the sink than I do. And if she goes in first and it goes on that side, which I would normally put it, it's not a problem. But I just learned, okay, this is this is different now. You know, you just got to do things differently. She wants, if it's a room where there's two queen beds, whichever one you want, you take first. But she'll take that one. It's like, this is well, normal. Yeah, this is normal. <laughs> this is all okay. Right. right. But it was funny because after it wasn't, it wasn't too long. It was never a problem. At least for me, it never felt. Ooh, this is really weird having someone else travel. I mean, it was it was great to have my wife with me. To the extent that, after some amount of time, and I don't remember exactly, then I began to realize, how did I ever do this alone all those years? <laughs> yeah. Because now, if I like last year when you know physically you were unable to travel with me anymore. But I still had some dates to do. Oh, it was so lonely. It was so quiet. I mean, I'd just go in the motel by myself. I'd check in. I'd go to the room. There's nobody there. I mean, there was nobody to talk to when I drove the truck to get to the next place. So it, it, it's, it's been a blessing to see how God has led our lives from the very beginning yeah. when I'm a 21-year-old kid basically starting to travel around the world and sing and do this whole thing and we're learning how marriage works in that unique dynamic and then we have children and then we have the band and touring and all that happened then and then back to solo artistry and our kids are grown and you're traveling with me and but it's all worked out yes. just fine mm -hmm. i mean i, I can't look at any part of it and say well that was a tense period there were no tense periods they're just yeah. the lord led us through all that prepared us to do what we do, and it's, it's just been a joy. And people ask now, I know, well, are you done traveling? Not really, I'll, I'll still take some dates, there will be some invitations, but I probably will tend to take things a little closer to home. Uh, but with what we're doing right here, there are some really, really exciting yes. ways. We used to laugh once in a while when we were on the road, back when we had a, a bus and a truck and lights and sound and five of us or so that travel and doing big auditoriums all over the country. Uh, I mean, it's very physically demanding. People think it's easy. Oh, that's cool. You just get on a bus and run around. Man, it's, you better be in shape and you better have your game together if you're going to tour because it, it takes a lot. Sometimes we would say, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we could just stay home and they could come to us? And we kind of laugh, you know, there was no way obviously that would happen. <laughs> now this is what's <laughs> happening. We're... Yes. We're at home right now. We've set up a little kind of studio-looking thing in our office, our metal building that we've used as an office for years. And I'm able to sing. We're able to do these kinds of things, the podcasts that some of you already seen with the teaching. And now we stay home and people come to us. And we're learning, I'm learning, all these new ways that we can minister. To, I really believe we can touch, reach out to, and minister to more people now than... I did in a year's worth of traveling in the last right. number of years. So that's kind of where we are. We appreciate your support and your mm -hmm. prayers and those of you who have stood with us all these years and continue to stay in touch. We get so many really, really great uh, responses, emails, letters. Uh, I mean, we've got people have been with us really since the start. I mean, 1980 and early, early 80s when we formed Praise Ministries that still just stay in touch and let us know they're praying for us and offer support and uh, that means so very yes. much very much to us especially now as 
you know, we're, we're in a new season of our lives and ministries. I always say if our life is a mile run, we're in the last lap. And that's okay, but it's, it's necessitated change and different dynamics, but God is leading through all these things and teaching this old dog new tricks. And it's, it's really very, very exciting. You don't ever retire from ministry. I've never, I've never come across anything in Scripture that even hints at the concept of retirement Yes, you can change vocationally, calling, how you minister, but we minister to people ask how long you can do this, and I would say as long as I have breath and opportunity. So still got breath, still have opportunities, so we just keep on going. But it's been a real, real special joy for me and for us to be able to share with you, to be able to share uh, you with our family and our family yes. with, with you. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your time. And until next time, we come to you again with Here We Are. God bless you. God bless you. Good night or good morning or good afternoon.